Hello everyone. Thanks for coming out to our second episode of Beastly Bosses. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. And we have another great story for you today. And uh, I think we have a brand new character we're going to introduce tonight too. We do. But before that, remember, if you want to have your story read on the air, go to beastlybosses.com. There's a place there where you can submit your story. We would love to hear from you guys. Also, if you have any uh, comments about the show, go ahead and write in to us. Let us know, and uh, we'll see what we can do about that. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. All right, so new boss tonight, like Josh said. We are going to introduce you to Sharon Schmuckatelli. She is an all-around general butthead, the anti-cheerleader. Every conversation you have with her leaves you regretting your very existence. You better treat her like royalty or you're going to pay the price. Wow. This is, if that's our character for the night, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're still waiting on some uh, user submitted stories to come in. So, I'm going to read you one off Reddit. It was posted by Wood to Forest. The title of this is Satan Incarnate. That's got to tell you something right there. I, I, you got to love it when uh, Satan comes to town. <laughs> All right. So, they say, I'm going to keep this as short as I can, but this happened over a two-year period. I started working under a woman for a healthcare company. She was just my direct supervisor, but she acted like she was the queen of the multi-million dollar company. She was a liar, a manipulator, a racist, and basically Satan. If it was harassment, I guarantee you she probably did it. She would lie to her employees and tell them that the other people working within the company hated us and that her superiors constantly followed our work. I can't count the number of times she told us that they might fire us all or that she was the one quote-unquote saving our jobs. She would tell coworker A that coworker B was not doing their job and they would be fired soon. Then she would tell coworker B the same thing about coworker A. She had three cronies that would do all of her snooping for her. If you're on vacation for, for a few days, she would go through your desk. She would make crazy rules, like you have to go to lunch at a certain time, or you can't speak when you walk into this person's office because they don't work hard enough. She moved our desks around, like we were in elementary school, at least 15 times since I started working there. Each time, she claimed a new reason, like we weren't working or were talking too much. She would try to call meetings and have us call each other out if we didn't like each other. I told her this was inappropriate, and she wrote me up for disrespect. She had been investigated by HR before and kept throwing it in our faces. She never believed she did anything wrong. One of the worst things she did was ask a girl if she was pregnant three weeks after she had a miscarriage. I have never hated someone before, but this woman was the worst. She once tried to buy a couch for me for another coworker, claiming that the coworker sat on the floor because she didn't have furniture because she couldn't spend her money wisely. I told the co-worker that the boss was trying to be nice, but was sharing some stuff about the lady's personal life. When that co-worker went to talk to our boss, our boss then called a full office meeting with 14 people just to yell at me. I could go on and on about her manipulation, lies, verbal harassment, intentional isolation, racism, offensive jokes, and sabotage, but we would be here for years. On a good note, I switched jobs and wrote a letter to HR on my way out. They fired her three days later. I've had so many of my ex-co-workers thank me. Wow. <laughs> right. That is... <clears throat> I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. That is... I, I think Satan Incarnate might actually be a 
good, accurate representation of this. Yeah, I think it was yeah. really well titled. Sharon, Sharon, Sharon's going to live up to her name tonight. Just, oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, the first thing that sticks off in my mind with all this was just moving desk around. I, I I was never the good kid in class, and I was always in the back, and I got moved around quite a bit from the front to the back, just depending on how long my teacher could stand where I was right. at that point. Uh, I got in trouble no matter where I got put, but wow, I, I don't know what this lady would do with me moving desk around, playing musical office chairs, something. I, wow. I have to be 100% honest with you about this one. There is so much in here that I'm just, how do people act that way? The moving desk things, honestly, that doesn't really bother me. It, when used properly, I'll put it this way. I don't have enough information about what she times? said. That's a little excessive. A little? That's, that's very excessive. Yeah. But there are definitely times where moving chairs can actually be really beneficial. Putting people together that work really well together. I've had to move people apart that didn't work when they were sitting together. But no, not 15 times. Not 15 times. I'm just saying that the idea of moving desks to have a more cohesive work environment isn't necessarily bad on its own when it's not overused. Oh, yeah. I'll go with you on that one. Okay. But just 15 times and if you don't get it right after two or three... Either maybe you should rethink your strategy. You either really suck or you need a whole new team. Yeah, something. Take take your pick. Something moving the chairs isn't going to help after a couple times. Uh, no, no, because there's only it's only fourteen people. It's there's <laughs> right. they they went back Actually, to the original configration. If fourteen <laughs> people moved fifteen times. Well, I'm not even going to do the math. No, but no. There, there's not that many combinations. No, no, and the other audacity at this lady to go through people's desks that that's one of those things i think technically if you leave something at work then most places have some kind of clause in their employee handbook that it's subject to search but you have to have a reason to go through people's desks you have to have the legal team involved you have to have the hr team involved you don't just go to somebody's desk and like, oh, they're not here. I'm just going to go through their stuff. I think she was looking for hidden candy and snacks. Uh, I don't even want to tell you about my boss doing that. But that's that's a whole different story. Whole different story. Um, yeah. But, hey. It, to, to me, that is a, a violation. It, it's a violation of my personal space. And, that, and that's how I would feel that I was violated. Oh, yes. Most definitely. That is, there's not much you have at work. But when you have a space that is yours... Yeah, it should be yours. Stay out of there. Right. Luckily, everywhere I've always been, I've either had a locker or my desk locks. And I am the only one that had the key. Yeah. So, and if it didn't lock, then I made darn sure to not put anything in there that would uh, was sensitive, didn't want anybody else to see, and uh, would embarrass me if it ever got found out. Right. So... No, I, I completely agree. This may be a little bit off subject, but one of my pet peeves, there have been a few times I've come to work. I do have some personal items on my desk. Nothing that's not work appropriate, but sitting on my desk and I go to sit down and I look and something that I know is in a certain spot is moved three inches to the right. And I know that's petty, but that's just this huge signal to me. Somebody has been going through your stuff. 
and that is it, it's a horrible feeling come on if you're gonna go through people's desks learn take a picture so you can put it all <laughs> right back where it was something. i mean come on if you're gonna be sneaky let's, let's be good at it right at the very least if you're gonna do something do it to the best of your ability yeah don't go halfway <laughs> exactly and that that's not actual advice by the way <laughs> that's us playing around don't go through people's stuff it's a bad idea bad idea yeah because when you get caught and you will you will it's not gonna turn out well no. at all <laughs> no no and it doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is. Yeah. Whoever it is is going to be ticked. You better hope they have snacks that you can hold up when you get caught. Because <laughs> at least then they'll be like, okay, you were hungry and I get it. Right. Yeah, hopefully they're a mom and they'll understand. Poor baby's hungry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, see, one of the things that I, I personally, that, that struck me when I was reading through this, is how she's pitting the employees against each other. You know, she starts out with, she goes to co-worker A and say, oh, basically, she's like, oh, hey, co-worker B over there, not doing good, getting ready to get fired. Then goes to co-worker B, hey, co-worker A over there, not doing too good, they're going to get fired. That is so manipulative on so many levels because on one hand, it makes the co-worker that she's talking to feel like she's got some kind of end with her, which lets them let their guard down. And that's her searching for information from them. But then at the same time, having those conversations, there is a good possibility that she's also searching for those co-workers to talk to each other and find out that they're both on the chopping block, which I don't think they are from hearing the story, but trying to make them feel insecure, which is never a good management technique. If you have to use fear to manage, you're not a good manager. You've already lost. You have. It, it's only a matter of time. You can keep them together for a while, but it's it's only going to breed hate, discontent, and everybody's going to be looking for a way to get you. Right. And eventually, no matter how good you are, dot every I, dot cross every T. They're going to find something. Eventually, they're going to find something. And HR, all right, look, I am not a friend of HR. HR is not a friend of mine. I hate HR. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. But HR does step up and do their job eventually. Right. The fact that this lady was already <laughs> investigated several times by HR and got away with it, and it's typical HR, it sounds like to me. But, See, hey. to me, that says that she's probably on their radar, and there wasn't enough evidence against her before but they have a file of evidence that's against her and they're waiting for it to be big enough for them to be able to fire her without any legal repercussions because i don't know if everybody knows this there are some people that think that hr works for the managers there are some people that think that hr works for them hr doesn't work for either one of those two groups hr works for the company their job is to make sure that they don't get sued that is their sole purpose in life are you doing the right things to fire this person? Okay, you checked off all the boxes, you can fire them. Or do you have enough evidence against this manager? Okay, let's get rid of them. Because the evidence against them is strong enough that if we had to go to court over this, we would get in trouble for not firing them. That's HR's job. At least, in my opinion, in my experience, just let that be known to everybody. HR works for the company. You're right, but I still hate them. Oh, hey, hey. I hear you. And once once they got you, you're done. Yeah. And you're either done for good at that company, 
mm-hmm. which is probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Every now and then, you may be just busted down, which means you may never get back into management again. Right. And sometimes this person it could be a good manager, but most of the time <laughs> they're stuck in their ways. And next time around, they'll just be sneakier so they don't get caught cut as fast. Right. But hey, that's neither here nor there. But I mean, just the the fact that she's move pitting people against each other. Competition is a good thing. Competition will get your all your employees to s- strive for a goal, and I'm going to be the first one and everything like that. But it has to be done in a healthy manner. Right. There's a healthy competition, and then there's a very destructive form of competition. What she's introducing to this scenario is a very destructive competition of who doesn't get cut as opposed to who can go above and beyond. Going above and beyond, not everybody is going to jump on that. But for those overachievers out there, that's fun. It's a challenge. It's something you want to go for. Nobody wants to work as hard as they can to try to not get fired. It's very, it's demoralizing. Oh, most definitely. And I'm not sure everybody starts working as hard as they can to not get fired. Right. Sometimes they do, and I think they do initially. But when it drags on and keeps going, you just say, forget this. I'll find another job. I'll either A, find another job, or you become so miserable, you go into your shell. Nothing ever gets improved. You just go through your day-to-day, make it work, and... Hey, I'm getting ready to get fired, so let me let me just keep this paycheck coming as long as I can till yeah it's over. Yeah, I mean, um, depending on the person and how they take it, it, it can kind of put you in a, a depressed mood where you're not, like you said, you're not really accomplishing anything, but you're just you're going there and you're going through the motions. But that, as a side note, that's not just bad for this job. It's hard to drop that mental attitude. And then turn around when you do get a new job and go in ready to seize the day. It's it's very dangerous to stay in situations like this that make you feel that way because it it can actually impact your future career if your mindset shifts to, well, let me just go in, clock in, and go through the motions. Yeah, that would be horrible. Uh, You'll never get to your goals. You'll never get to where you want to be. And eventually, you're going to become that old, bitter guy that sits in the corner that is have no clue why you're never got promoted and you never got anything and you worked when your mind what was really hard but you were only giving half effort you just right. you allowed Sharon to be the smuckatelli she is and she beat you right but everybody only has so much energy in a day and that energy goes to everything that you do you know toting your kids around, getting ready for work, paying your bills, doing your actual work. All these things require energy. And it's not like an infinite source. So that person that you're talking about that's sitting in the corner, they very well may feel like they've put forth 100% of their energy they have for work every day. But what they're not seeing is that 75% of that energy actually went to trying to stay in some type of decent frame of mind so that they could just be functional and, and not, you know, lose it. Yeah. So yeah. only 25% of their energy is actually going towards the actual work. 
which yeah. is why they're not accomplishing anything and why they're so bitter. And because of the way they're treated, even though it is only 25%, they leave the office every day and they are just oh, worn out. Oh, yeah. They are just, they can barely go home and we're eating out tonight because I don't feel like doing a darn thing else. Right. And, and who wants to waste all their energy trying to stay in a sane mental frame of mind? And then come home and you have no energy for your spouse, for your significant other, for your friends, your kids, your dogs, whatever it is that you do outside of work, you no longer have any energy for that. And that starts a vicious cycle because it's those hours outside of work that recharges us so that we can go back and do the best that we can while we're at work. Agreed. And it's it's sad that the number of managers that are just like Sharon yeah. that turn their workers into a shell mm-hmm. of their former selves. Yeah. And just completely destroy them. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. We have this uh, perception, at least in American society, of your nine-to-five corporate job employee. And it's they're really kind of presented as a shell of a person. You go, you do what you got to do, you come home, you take care of all the have-tos, and then you just sit there and you veg. You watch the TV. You play mindless games on a tablet. You waste your time until it's time to go to bed, which you're probably going to go to bed really late because you don't want to go to bed because you know that means you wake up in the morning and you got to go back to work. So now you're tired on top of feeling crappy and everything else. Right, but this comes from the fact that it happens a lot. There are so many bad managers out there, and I really don't understand how you can work so hard to get to that level to become a manager and then stop learning. And that's exactly what happens is they either they stop learning because there's always new studies, new things, new, you know, different ways that we can learn to be better managers, but so many people just stop or they're very narcissistic. They do what they have to do to get into that manager position and once they're there, they don't need to move up. They don't need to do anything else cuz now they have in their minds, full power over other people. And they don't want or need to change in their minds. And it's, it's really sad. I think corporate America kind of needs to take a step back and really more heavily evaluate what is an effective manager. Just because you've made it to a management position doesn't mean that you're good at it. It doesn't mean you should stay in a management position. I think it should be seen as a a temporary thing while we test out and see if you're actually a good manager. If you're willing to put in the work. You know what? That's actually a great idea. I would love to see people do that instead of the flavor of the month, whatever new program we're going to put out there. And it's going to be mandatory for everybody, but yet nobody wants to do it. Uh-huh. And I've seen departments that completely turned over. And... Everybody is different except for one person. Mm-hmm. But yet, nobody ever sees it. Nobody ever does anything about it. Right. And why is that place just... Why is everybody in there a zombie? Mm-hmm. And nobody ever seems to put two and two together? Or nobody really cares? Actually, there's a, a lot of corporations out there. They put a lot of time and money and energy into culture because they recognize that that's incredibly important for workers we're we're at a a day and time where yes you still have to put in your resume and you still have to go through an interview process but companies are starting to see in order to attract top talent 
it's got to go both ways. They have to attract them. They're not just going to come. And so culture is one of those big things that corporate America has been looking at. But like you said, they're not looking at it correctly, at least in my mind. They go through, oh, we're going to do this program and it's going to fix everything. Oh, shoot, that didn't work. We're going to do this other program and we're going to fix everything. Well, it doesn't work. And they're not taking the time to take a step back and look at the actual dynamics, what the problems are, and instead of putting time and money and energy into these corporate-wide development programs that aren't overly effective, work with individuals. Train individuals. And if they refuse to be trained, you know, maybe they're just not in the right position for them. Maybe so. And that would be a good idea. Another thing that I've kind of seen is the employees kind of get it. Or the employees are kind of going to go along with mm-hmm. wherever basically in a lot of cases just whatever will keep the status quo yeah as close to the status quo as they can your ceos the executive suite they're on board with it they're all about it oh yeah maybe even your director managing director levels that kind of level but i think your middle managers and your lower managers either they're not getting it they don't care or they just just flat out refuse to use it yeah you know it it could be i know there's some probably some caveats and all that uh but that is my observation or at least how it seems that everything is being pushed yeah um i I think a lot of that has to do with buy-in instead of being told that you're going to do something if you're an active participant in creating something new or better or you know starting that change then you're a lot more likely to grab hold of it but when you're told hey you're going to take this training they're like well there goes another day i can't get my regular work done and a lot of times it's not even really put out there in a way that's exciting for people why we're doing this it's just you need to do it go do it why aren't you done yet right instead of making it like a, a lifestyle change Instead of really saying, hey, this is how it's going to benefit you and getting people excited about wanting to learn these new things and wanting to follow these programs. It's just, I mean, it's human nature. When we're told to do things, there's a little bit of us that goes, excuse me, did you just tell me what to do? Even if we're getting paid for it, there's always a little part of us that does that. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. And sometimes that reaction is a lot stronger than others. (laughs) Yeah. and And in truth, most managers I know, including myself, that reaction is much stronger than it needs to be is something we all need to work on but it's it it's there of of course and it's it turns into a tit for tat between probably several more levels but each level probably fights it a little bit more and everything else like that every now and then you'll you'll get to see a little window Mm -hmm. into what that next level feels or whatnot and that's when you can start to see that okay yep all right, I'm going to go through the motions with this one because, heck, even the boss's boss boss doesn't believe in this. So Why should I? Why should I? And it'll be gone soon, and we can get back to the way we were. Yeah, we can get back to normal. Or we'll just wait on whatever the next yeah. big hoopla is all about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, so back to the story. I am appalled at her lack of a personal relationship with her employees. 
Now, I know as a manager, you can't be best friends with everybody who works for you because you have to have tough conversations that are hard to have with your friends. But there needs to be some kind of connection there. Um, you need to recognize them as human beings with the same wants and needs and drives as you and every other human being on the planet. Um, the fact that three weeks after one of her employees miscarried, she asked her if she was pregnant, she has no idea what's going on in their lives. Doesn't care either. Obviously not. Doesn't. Uh, okay, not to mention, you never ask a woman if she's pregnant unless she's actively in labor. I mean, even then, just wait. Until she says something? Yeah. I mean, the baby's going to come out eventually. Your question will be answered. Yes, I know nine months is a long time to wait. Don't ever ask. That's, that's. You save yourself. Yeah. Tons of problems. It's just straight up dumb. I wish there was a nicer, more eloquent way to put it, but it's just dumb. Don't do that. Yeah, because eventually you're going to find the one that's not, and you're going to feel like a jack donkey. Yeah, or think about how she feels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she feels horrible. But especially in this situation, a miscarriage can be very traumatic, and it's been three weeks. Hopefully, she's starting to mentally heal from that. But there's a good chance, no. And then she just goes and rips the scab off the wound. That's... It, How horrible is that? It, it just... that That's amazing that she would just... Not even that level of caring right. about her employees. Right. And it's... You know, speaking of the kind of the personal relationship, too. Mm -hmm. She seems to be trying to stop the all the her employees from having a personal relationship with each other you know what if you have a friend at work you are so much more likely to want to get up in the morning and go to work and yeah you're gonna spend part of your day talking now it becomes a problem when it's hours and hours don't get me wrong but we all need a little bit of relief while we're at the office nobody can just stay under constant stress for eight hours for the rest of their lives every day and be okay Nope, not at all. you got to have those little breaks. Not even just little breaks. Depending on what the work is, there's lots of people that can talk and still get the work done. Yeah. Now, I don't know what this job was. I don't know. But it doesn't really matter. And maybe it was one of those things that, yeah, okay, you can't really concentrate and talk. But, I mean, a little comment here, a little comment there, a few minutes every hour or so, who cares? Yeah, there's this little thing called morale. Mm, and yeah. the higher it is, yeah. the better the work's going to be. It seems like the only thing that this this lady didn't do was go, okay, everybody back in elementary school, you're on silent work today, and you're not allowed to talk to anybody <laughs> or anything. Silent recess. Nobody gets recess or anything right, like that. Right. So, and I mean... Everybody loves being treated like an elementary student. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Sure. It's it's my favorite thing in the whole world. I, I just heck. Why don't she line them all up to take them to the restroom, and I bet oh, that would cut down on bathroom breaks. Uh, yeah, More most definitely. Done. Remember the water fountain where you'd have the one person to sit there and tap and count to five, so you could keep on going. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank God I never ever had to deal with that. Oh oh. I went, I went to a small school, you know. Oh, no, not me. <laughs> we, yeah, we had to sit there, so we didn't wait too long, and it was no big deal. Nobody really counted until the whole class was sitting there lined up, and then you got tapped on the shoulder for five seconds, and that's that's all the water you got till next time. 
So that's I'm, I'm, that's what I feel like this is headed towards with this lady. So just side comment. You're telling me this story, and I'm just in my head. I just have like lawsuit over childhood dehydration or something going through my head. Well, this is a long time ago, so things were different. Then. Back before there were lawsuits everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, something like that. But I was a kid, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I don't see a lot of positives. I, I would love to point out the positives. I don't really see any positives, other than they finally left. They had enough self-respect to go not dealing with it anymore. I do wonder though, the, this person said that they wrote a note to HR and handed it to him as they were walking out the door. Three days later, this person was fired. I don't understand why she didn't bring this up to HR before. Because obviously she worked there for over two years unless the job market was just horrible at the time. Just scared. She, she could have left. It was scared. You don't know. And this gets back to my whole rant on HR. You don't know which way they're going to go. And as soon as she turned in everything, if Sharon wasn't fired, well, she's got a target on her back. And yeah. that, and they're going to come after her hard and heavy, especially with the way Sharon is in this. She is going to... She destroys people to begin with. Imagine when you single yourself out and go hey, I'm coming after you because of the way you treat other people and Sharon is threatened? Oh, oh there's hell hath no fury like Sharon Smuckatelli when she is scorned. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Um, see, to me, that's why it's so important to properly document everything. You don't just walk in HR's office, have a conversation, and walk out. It doesn't work that way. Um, you can have a conversation with them, but everything needs to be backed up through email with timestamps and preferably because, you know, sometimes mail servers go down randomly at the most inopportune times. You also go to your sent folder and email it to yourself, to your personal email. That way you always have a record. So when you go to HR and you tell them everything that's going on and then all of a sudden little Miss Sharon Smuckatelli is up your butt you can go she's retaliating against me and you don't walk into HR's office and say that you type out an email explaining exactly how she's retaliating against you remind them it was just last week that you talked to her about this and now the behavior's gotten worse and you send it off document everything timestamps are on your email you know <clears throat> that's a great idea and that is about the only way as a worker you're right. going to get any traction whatsoever. Yes. Period. Yeah. But a lot of these managers know this, especially Sharon. Mm -hmm. And she's going to do a lot of stuff off the record, not in an email, not with any witnesses, anything like that. Because she knows that she's not a complete moron. Right. She knows that people are going to be coming after her. And this is part of her dotting her I's and crossing her T's mm -hmm. to keep on going and make it as long as she can till somebody actually finally catches her so what do you think would be a great way to get around something like that well now i'll tell you i've known other people who've done this it's illegal don't do it um they record every conversation that they have with their their boss without their knowledge and that's 
yes, they got what they wanted out of the situation, but it very easily could have turned the other way because at least where I live, you can't record people without letting them know. That or a lot of companies, their policy is there is no recording. Yeah, that's definitely something you have to keep in mind, too. Yeah, HR is the only one that is allowed to record anything on company property. But, I mean, there's only so much you can do with that. And I guess the only way to do it is to, especially with some of the more egregious items, Mm -hmm. is to quickly type out an email of a clarification email. Did you really want me to do A, B, and C? Yeah. Um. I guess a lot of it depends on how intelligent the manager is. Now, keep in mind, there are a lot of really bad managers out there who think they're highly intelligent, but they can't read between the lines. So when you send emails like that, you'll get your answer back because they're not thinking about the documentation. But before you try to do something like that, you need to know your manager. Um, If you've been there for three weeks, you have no idea what kind of person that is. You may think you know. You don't know. No, be careful. But if you've seen this played out before, then you know how they're going to react. And you can... I can't give specific examples because it is very much case by case. But generally speaking, there's a way to document. And it and it depends. Now, I'm I'm going for the the fight. You know, there's fight and there's flight. And so many people, they do the flight. They put their head down. They just try to stay out of the manager's way and go on about their miserable lives. And I probably shouldn't say that. For some people, that is the best option. Then you have your other option of fight it. You know, not I'm not getting in a fist fight. I'm not yelling and screaming. But I'm going through the proper channels. I'm documenting everything. I'm making sure HR is aware of everything. If there's a manager above this manager that I have some kind of relationship with, I'm talking to them about what's going on. Um, You have to be very careful, too, when you're talking to other managers, when you're talking to HR. You don't go at them like, so-and-so is doing this. What you going to do about it? You can't be that way because that puts them on the defensive. you got to remember these are people, too. You go to them and say, I have a problem. This is what's going on. This is how it makes me feel, and I don't know what to do about it. How can you help me? And you'd be Or su- please help me. Yeah, well, you would be surprised how many people want to help other people. Like, and their, um, their incentive for that is they feel good when they help other people. If you just ask for that help in a polite way, I'm not saying plead with them. Don't, oh, please, please, please. No begging. No, don't beg. Just, hey, I need some help. I need some advice. A lot of people will stand up and help you. Yeah, that, and that's about the only way. The only other thing I would say to do in this situation is as soon as you find yourself in it, go find something. I don't care if it's online classes, going back to school, uh-huh. or certifications or what. You do something to improve yourself yep. so that you have to spend as little time there as you ha- can right. and you get out. Leave before it destroys you right. and makes you where you're not going to be able to reach your life goals. Yeah. And, you know, kind of as a closing note, I just want to go along with what you said. It's important that we don't stop learning and we don't stop growing. Um, There are a lot of people out there who graduate college, they got their degree, they go get their first job, they learn some stuff on the job, and then they get comfortable. And they aren't learning new things. They aren't researching. They aren't trying to make their skills better. Even if 
you start a job straight out of college and you want to stay there for the rest of your life and retire from there, you still can't get comfortable. If you're comfortable, honestly, in most situations, you're being lazy. Lazy and it's only a matter of time. The things are moving too fast right now. Right. And it's it's only going to get faster. Your skills are going to drop away and be worthless. Yeah. And about the time, you're going to have so much to make up. And I, you, you gotta, it just, you should be learning new things anyway, like you said. Right. But when you're in this situation, you got to hit it with everything you got. And. As fast as you can to get out of there. If this whole time, even before you start having problems at work, you've already been working on developing those new skills, you're that much closer to getting out of those situations. Exactly. And it's sad. I'm glad to hear that Sharon is gone. Yes. And yes. it's great for the people they left behind, but really and truly the company's not any better off. No. Because they finally got rid of her, but now they got to get somebody else. And There's the a... lady who left? Yeah. Well, she's they lost an employee over this lady. Yeah. We don't know how good, bad or ugly she was, but she had to that's somebody that they spent money on getting her up to speed, training her, and now she's gone. You wouldn't believe the amount of money it costs to get somebody in the door. You don't think about it. You know, you get hired, you're like, oh, my salary is such and such. And you think that's all they spend on you. That's nowhere close. That's a drop in the bucket. Um, Just, you know, all the legal forms, the actually finding you, the training you. It's... All the people that just... The two or three people that interview you. Right. And the five people they interviewed... I mean, five an hour a piece for the it, it adds up to it a adds lot of up hours. Really fast. Really, yeah. really fast. And especially if you can't find the person you're looking for, so you keep interviewing. Oh, and yeah. interviewing Been and there. interviewing. <laughs> and it, it, well, then think about it too. Once you actually get into that position, you very few people are ready to go from day one. So not only will they be paying you your full price. They're going to be paying somebody else their full price to not do their job, but to teach you how to do yours because you're not producing anything yet. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of hidden costs in there that people don't think about. Yeah. And that's why I think it takes so long to get hired anywhere now. Yeah. Because yeah. it costs so much and they want to make darn sure. You're the right one. You're the right one and you're going to stick around for a little while. Yeah. And that's why it's so bad. And companies, I think, should put more into finding ways to get these managers out of here yeah because those managers are costing the company tons of money not just in the lost productivity the crap work that's being put out and everything like that Mm -hmm. but just replacing the people that they've drove away yeah yeah and And in my experience from what i've seen i've seen some pretty bad managers out there it's usually the best employees that leave first because mm -hmm. they have options they're, the ones that jump ship first are the ones that were prepared. Right. And as soon as they saw it, and they're like, I'm yeah. out. But those are the ones the company really shouldn't want to lose. No. You know, Not one, at all. I mean, I guess a lot of companies say, oh, managers, they're more important than the other just regular employees. But that's so not true. I, I've seen some excellent workers that have left because of bad managers. And you just know that the company would be so much better off if they would get rid of that manager and keep that worker. Oh yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's, 
it's a horrible situation to be in. It is. And usually the only way the company finds out is when all the best employees leave and finally somebody, the little light bulb goes off above the head and goes, why is everybody leaving? Yeah. I mean, you know, five years down the road, they go, why does this one manager have a 75% turnover rate when everybody else has a 2% turnover rate? Gee, I don't know. But whoever was supposed to be running those reports didn't run them for the past four years, so it took a while for them to catch up and realize. Oh. They made friends in HR so they didn't get reported <laughs> up. That's what actually happened. Uh, sometimes. I know, I sometimes. know. Sometimes. Yes, you're yeah. right. So, yes, keep learning. Keep growing. And when I say that, you don't have to take more college courses. You don't have to spend a lot of money. There's so much free information out there. Um, there's lots of services where, um, like, I, I listen to audiobooks all the time it costs me somewhere about ten dollars a month i think yeah that's about what it is yeah and i can listen to any kind of audiobook i want and i don't focus solely on work work is super important don't get me wrong but there's so much more like i like learning about psychology i like learning about gardening i think it's important to to treat ourselves as a whole person not just as a worker so keep learning keep going get yourself out of these horrible situations the only problem with the audiobooks is they don't show the pictures real good in them. <laughs> you can get real books at the library. They have pictures. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We really appreciate you listening to us. Um, if you have stories that you want to submit, we would love to read them on the air. Go to beastlybosses.com and submit your story. If you have comments, I mean, even if you just don't like what we're doing, let us know. Go to beastlybosses.com. Submit your stories, submit your comments, and we will talk to you next time. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.